we've been talking about how to nourish your spirit. We nourish our spirit with the word of God. Tonight, we're going to jump in and we're going to start talking about that you must exercise your spirit. To develop a strong spirit, you have to exercise your spirit. Do you know, it's funny, um, one of the ways that you exercise your spirit, if we get to it, is by giving. By bringing your tithes, by sowing offerings, by, by when you're out and about, sowing into people's life, giving. It's really amazing how that, it, it strengthens your spirit, man. Because you're exercising. It's really amazing. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is a foundational scripture. And if you could pull it up, verse 6, pull it up in the Amplified Classic, and that will help us. 1 Timothy 4, 6 in the Amplified says this, If you lay all these instructions before the brethren, you'll be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus. I love the way he's talking. Paul is writing this letter to a young pastor whose job is to equip the body of Christ, his church, right? Equip them with the word of God so that they could be equipped to go out and do the ministry. So, and it says here, as you do this, as I lay, like me as a pastor, as I'm laying these instructions before you, as I do that, as I preach the word of God, I'm a good minister, right? But this is the key that I want you to see. Look at the way it's written in the Greek is this. The ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. In the Greek language, that is the reason why Timothy could literally be a good minister. He could only preach the word of God to his people out of the overflow of him doing what? Closely following the word and constantly nourishing himself on the word. And another way to say that, you've heard me say this so much, all ministry flows out of the overflow of your personal walk with God. So if there's no personal walk with the Lord, guess what? There's no overflow, which means there's no ministry going on, right? So this is what I want you to see. We nourish, how do you nourish? You nourish your own self. How am I able to nourish you? Because I nourish myself, right? On an airplane, the stewardess will always tell you this, won't she? Listen, if there's some turbulence and those things fall down, the little mouth guards, what does it say? You know, to breathe, the breathing apparatus, it says put it on your mouth first and then those that are with you. Why? Well, you know, if I'm flying with Asher, my grandson who's almost five years old, guess what? He can't do that himself. So if, if, if we're in trouble, I need to make sure I'm taken care of so that I could take care of him, right? So you as a parent, you have to make sure you stay full so you can nourish your spouse, your children, whatever, right? You as a Christian, you have to stay nourished. You have to nourish yourself so that now you can have a strong spirit so that you can walk God's plan for you out, right? 
Because that's how you're going to yield all your fruit in your season. So then it goes on in verse 7. It says, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales. Refuse and avoid a lot of nonsense. Now this was a short list. If Paul was writing this today, it would be a lot longer list because we have a lot of nonsense. Right? I mean, listen, when I was growing up, you watch cartoons on Saturday morning because that was the only time they were on. Right? Now you can watch reality TV, hundreds of channels of nonsense, nonstop. Or, or you can watch every news feed that you want to on your TV with, that's filled mostly with nonsense, right? He's saying, refuse and avoid this stuff. And then it says, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them, right? Say that. You know what? I don't receive that. It's not my arthritis. It's not my depression with these commercials that, that are on TV, right? This is that, that's not me. I'll, or you, you read something. No, no, I'll never have that. Right? No, no, I, I'll never have cancer. If you've had cancer, I'll never have it again. Right? Speak that. You, that's how you resist things. And then it says, and this is what I want to get into tonight, train yourself towards godliness, piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Right? So, Two things that we're talking about right now. Now there's a big third one we'll get into afterwards from other scriptures, but we have to nourish ourselves. And there's only one spiritual nourishment. It's the word of God, right? To nourish yourself on the word, you gotta get all the other nonsense out. And, and you have to grow spiritually because see, sometimes some of that nonsense is on Christian TV coming from really gifted speakers that are about 80% correct, but that other 20% is not good, right? So you have to be careful. And then it says, keeping yourself spiritually fit. So we not only nourish ourselves, but now we've got to exercise, right? Because we have to nourish ourselves, we have to exercise. How long? Well, guess what? We're going to be nourishing ourselves and exercising forever Amen. right so it's very important this is very important we're going to get into another big thing afterwards and it's called rest your spirit your spirit needs to be nourished your spirit needs to exercise and your spirit needs to rest why because when you're resting on the inside because you're walking by faith and you're fully persuaded it helps you rest on the outside. And that's real important, real, very important. And we said there's two reasons why we have to nourish ourselves and exercise, right? The first reason, right, it takes spiritual strength to lay hold of the promises of God, right? You've got to lay hold of them. They don't just happen. And it takes spiritual strength to resist the devil when he's coming with his thoughts and his lies and creating circumstance and doing all this stuff illegally, 
to try to steal the word from you, you've got to lay hold of things and hold on to them. We obtain the promise of God through faith and through patience. Guys, we're an end time church and I'm telling you, now is the time to make sure you're nourished and exercising so that you're spiritually fit because God, in all that will happen in the earth, it is not to, you're not to decrease financially in every situation. It's not God's will that you go without, right? It's not God's will that you get sick and are weak and die prematurely. It's not his will. It's not his will that you are in situations where you're unprotected and your family might be jeopardized. Nope, he has protection for you. Right there, we the church. You're going to see as we're going through this time, the end times. The church is to flourish in the midst of chaos, Amen. but to do that, you've got to lay hold of things. Right? Nobody's coming in and harming my family. Nobody's coming in and taking my life. No, no, no. Now I'm a Christian. I'll lay it down, but I, it won't be taken. Right? So, so how will I know what I'm to do? Oh, I'm led by the Spirit of God, and I know his voice, and another voice I will not follow. And I'm strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, and I understand who I am in Christ because I understand what he's done for me. Right? And, and I don't fear because he, I know he's with me. I know his word is true. Let every circumstance, let everything going on in the world, let everything that's being said, let it be a lie, but let God be true, because he is true. The Bible is not relative truth, it's absolute truth. It, it's not subject to change. And I'm telling you, God is watching out. And his desire is to provide for you, to give you peace, to strengthen you, to protect you and your family. Amen? So 1 Timothy 4, 7, let me read that again. The end of it, train yourself towards godliness, piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Let me read this in a few other translations. That, that last part. In the easy-to-read translation, it says, teach yourself to be devoted to God. You teach yourself. How do I do that? By keeping his word in my heart and keeping it ever coming out of my mouth. The ESV says, train yourself for godliness. Okay? The Good News Bible, it says, keep yourself in training for a godly life. Your flesh doesn't want to be in training your spirit has to keep yourself in training. God's word translation says, train yourself to live a godly life. The New American Standard Bible says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself. What do you mean discipline yourself? To eat the right thing, to nourish yourself on the word of God, to exercise, to be a doer of the word to do those things that are in line with the word of God. The Living Bible says this, spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. 
Spend your time. Do you know how many people are spending their time doing nonsense things? Right? Because I'm tired. And because I'm weak spiritually, when I get, when I get tired physically, what do I want to do? I just want to go home and I want to click on the TV and just watch a movie for four hours instead of getting in the Word. And what I don't realize is I didn't eat dinner that night. And so then I get up in the morning and man, when I get up, I'm like, oh shoot, I got 18 things to do. And then I run out and I run to work without eating breakfast spiritually. And then the day gets going and man, I'm just so busy that, you know, I got to work through lunch. I don't eat lunch spiritually. And what I don't know is my spirit man is getting weaker and weaker and weaker because I'm not feeding him, right? Then Sunday morning comes and it's just like, oh man, I just, you know, I'm just too tired to go to church. I got too much stuff going on. So see what starts happening now, I start violating the word of God, right? I'm too tired. You know, it's amazing in California because of what's happening there. Our friends that were here, you met them, you know, they were telling us, so here's an example of this church. So they go to a church of about 2,000 people, and what's happening in Southern California is so many churches are closed because the pastors are afraid to have church because they're afraid of being sued because the enemy is like, you do something wrong, you do this, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna come and we're gonna shut you down, we're gonna sue you, we're gonna take everything you have. And in the natural, that's pretty scary, right? But what happens is pastors lose sight of the fact that God is the one that upholds them. So now you have people, right? They're, they're going and they're like, they go to an outlet mall and they see, wait, what's this? There's 2,500 people in this parking lot. There's this gigantic screen. They're having church. And some Christians are going, oh my gosh, I need to go to church. And then they find out, man, we have a Wednesday night service. You know, and, and you go to their Wednesday night service, you can't find a seat. You, block, you park five blocks away. Because people are just going, I just got to go to church. Our friends literally told us the only time we feel normal is when we're in church. We haven't had to deal with that. I pray we never have to deal with that. Check this out. Leanne, this might excite you a little bit. So could you imagine, you're like, you know what? I'm going to start having a women's Bible study on Monday night. They had 700 people sign up for it. Women. And people are still signing up. But you're like, but, but and this is what we do in Nebraska. Man, I just went to church Sunday. You know, and it's already Wednesday. We got to go to church again. And then, oh my gosh, you know, now Copeland's coming. And oh, you know, Thursday, Friday. Here's people in California because they're going, we can't have church. Could you imagine our brothers and sisters in Australia? They would probably do anything to come and sit, right? So let's, let's nourish ourselves, let's strengthen ourselves, and let's stand in our authority so that we can literally stand 
and start yielding all of our fruit in our season so that we start filling up churches with Christians that will not bow, Christians that will stand for righteousness and love the unloved and, and do the word of God and get our lives together. And so, right? All of a sudden, man, you've got, you've got a powerful force going because what we're just living for God. This is, this is so important that we walk in this. The Passion Translation says this, be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. See, this is where we're at, guys. God wants you strong in spirit so that you can lay hold of the blessing of God for your life and for your family's life and so that you can walk in it and as you're walking in the blessing for your life, see, you already know now, you're strong. The stronger you get, the more your eyes get off of you and your eyes start getting on others and all of a sudden, the blessing financially that's coming into your life, you're starting to think about who you can bless and what you can do. But the, the weaker you are spiritually, the more you think about yourself. You'll never get away from that because your flesh will pull you right to yourself. There's many different types of physical exercises and the same is true spiritually. God desires us to be totally developed, which means to be developed in every area. And here's the thing, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He knows the area that you need to work on first. He knows exactly what exercises to do. He knows exactly the diet. He knows everything that you need to do to get strengthened so that you're always ahead of what the enemy's coming at you. Always. We talk about faith generally, right, don't we? We, we say things like, man, this person, man, they have a lot of faith. This person just has a lot of faith. Ge general, that's great. This person has a lot of faith. But they may have a lot of faith, which means they have faith for finances. But my question is, do they have faith for healing? Right? Do they have faith for ministry? Do they have faith for their sons or their daughters? Do they have faith for their family? The different areas, do they have faith that literally, that, that, they, that they stay out of fear in different areas, right? Faith in each area has to be developed in each area, okay? Now, don't, see, now, when you hear that, you start to go, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just a mess in every area. Don't worry about every area, just listen to your trainer. Listen to your helper. Because he knows everything. Right? He knows exactly what areas you need to get strong in and how to do it. And he knows the exact exercises. What I mean by that, he knows the exact scriptures that you need revelation in. He knows exactly how you need to act on those scriptures. Right? There are so many Christians. I've watched this the last five years they actually think they're going forward spiritually 
and they're going backwards. They're stepping out of ministry. I know people that are stepping out of full-time ministry. They're stepping out of helps ministry. They're stepping away from everything to do with the local church and other things, and they're wondering why it's not working. But when you, when you start to exercise and nourish yourself, you will just know. Wait a minute, I'm not doing that. I need to, I need to press in. Right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like, there was a guy that, uh, when I was a trainer in a gym when I was really young, this guy would walk in, and I mean, this guy's upper body from the waist just went like this. Just... I mean, arms, chest, shoulders, back. He'd do 50 pull-ups, you know, all this stuff. But his legs look like this. <laughs> Literally. I mean, this guy had twigs for legs. And you'd see him walk in and you're like, you're like looking at him going, wow. And then you're like, whoa. <laughs> like, dude, you need squats or something, right? But that's, but what was happening, he loved to work out his upper body but he, hate work. he hated doing legs. So in other words, what happened is he got off balance. I know guys, man, biceps. I just, want, I just want to work biceps. And they've got this massive bicep, but they look weird. Because they're off balance. And that happens to people spiritually. Because I want to study what I want to study. And I want to do what I want to do. Man, I'm telling you, if you'll just do it God's way, you'll get, in, you'll get in something, and all of a sudden the enemy will be coming, and you're like going, oh my gosh, there's a flood of anointing and scriptures coming out of my mouth, and I am fully persuaded that you're defeated, and you're not moved by it, because you've been developed in that area. So you have to feed and exercise yourself in an area to have faith in that area. And see, the Bible is very clear. You don't become strong by just listening to the word. Like right now, you're hearing the word of God, but it's not enough. It's the question's going to be, are you going to do something with it? We hear the word for the purpose of starting to meditate in it so that we can be a doer of the word. Because the doer's who's blessed. It's so much like physical development, it's amazing. You can eat good spiritually and still stay weak if you're not a doer and you don't exercise. So you know why I always talk about, you know, my goal in this church is that we have 80% of people doing something here. We actually don't want people to do too much. We just want people to help out in one area once a month, right? Why is that? Because if you're not doing that, this is your local church. This is like the foundation. Yeah, but I want to go out and change the world. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Start with right here. Well, no, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch, man, those, those kids, you know, they're wonderful kids, but wow, <laughs> right? They're just, you know, I just, I need to be in every service. Be in every service, and this is what I know. You will not grow near as much. Do you know the people that are really growing in our church are the people that are really seriously 
doing helps ministry. Oh, but of course you'd say that, Pastor. And by the way, there's going to be sign-up sheets. No, there's not going to be sign-up sheets. But this is so important because it's exercise. What, what do you know and what have you done with what you know? This is the question. What do you know about believing God for healing and what have you done with it? What do you know about identity, what the word says about having your identity in Christ, but what have you done with it? Are you still, are you still beating yourself up for mistakes? Or are you standing going, wait a minute, I'm, I've been made righteous and, and, and God's not mad at me and this is what he's saying, so I'm going to walk free from this. What are you doing with what you know? Because, and this is why I say that. Because God is really big, really big on stewardship. Really big. You want the anointing on your life? Be faithful. Well, no, 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 no. To be anointed, Pastor, I need to really study the word more. No, I could show you people that really, really have studied the word a lot, but they don't do anything. And they're not faithful. And what little they do, they're late and they don't show up or they, whatever, right? No, no, faithfulness is huge. God's big on stewardship. What do I mean by that? If you neglect what you have, God won't give you more. It's just the way it works. Why? Is it because he's being mean? Nope. He's not interested in, in you just staying where you are. He loves you too much for that. See, what he knows is you're going to face something coming down the road. There's going to be a lion try to take something from you. And he's got to get you ready for the lion. Most people are running around going, you know, and, and this is what's really bad. You know, you have this guy growing up in a church or a lady, and you know, they love God with all their life, and, and they're 15 or 14 or 16 or 18, and everybody's like, oh man, you know, you're just so special. Man, God's got a call on your life. But, they're, but they disobey their parents. And they're not, they're not faithful. They don't do anything. And then all of a sudden that person's 35. Oh man, you're so gifted, but you're not doing anything. And all the time, God is going, if you would just do and be faithful here, then I could give you some more so that you can really do it right. Because if you're not faithful, what happens is you're not faithful. So you start trying to be strong in you. You try to start doing some ministry or doing some life and your own strength. And Satan's laughing because he's already separated you from the word. And, and there's going to come something at the perfect time that's going to hit you. And you're going to think you failed. And things are going to crumble all around you. And if you're not strong spiritually, you'll go, well, I guess I just messed up again. There's no hope for me. Instead of going, well, praise God, the building got destroyed. I'm starting again. Right? Sometimes that is an amen. I, I know in my life, I'm like, okay, the Lord's like, yeah, we need a jackhammer because you have not been listening to me. So, Tony, we have to tear up the foundation and redo this deal again. Right? Your foundation's all screwed up because you think you're worthless. So let's just, let's just, we just got to dig it all up 
and, and, and you're sitting there in the middle of just this ruin, realizing everybody's looking at you like it's over, and you're thinking, oh, no, 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 I am so excited. It's, only, it's beginning now. See, these things, I'm telling you, when you, when, you get, when you get big and getting nourished in exercise, man, and, and realize this, no pain, no gain. Right? Man, I remember watching these guys, these, I'd go to Gold's Gym, you know, in, in Southern California, and, and these big-name bodybuilders would be working out. And the one guy that trained them, he trained them, they would laugh about these articles There'd be articles written about him. One guy's, you know, a Mr. Olympia or a Mr. Universe. And they'd write articles about him. Oh, this is their bicep workout. And they would laugh at about it. They're like, yeah, look at this. And the other guy would go, yeah, that's definitely not your arm workout. I know, but they paid me this much money. But then they had a guy, and you'd see him work out. And it was one set to failure. And you'd see crazy stuff happening. They'd warm their chest up, and then all of a sudden... Here we go. We're piling on the weight. And man, I, I saw a trainer literally jump up on a bench and yelling at this guy that has hundreds of pounds, right, on an incline press. And he's screaming, if I was holding a gun to your son's head, would you be able to lift this? And I mean, you know, and they're like, I mean, it's crazy. No pain, no gain. Those guys had gigantic muscles. <laughs> One set to failure. How much can you lift? And, and, and then, see, here's the other thing. When you go through that pain, because you don't build muscle when you're exercising, and this is why the next thing we're going to get into is rest. You build muscle when you rest. And that's what happens spiritually. Man, you work out by being a doer of the word all day, but you work out under the context that, okay, all these battles that are going on in my life, guess what? I have the victory. So I'm not worried about anything. I'm embracing God's yoke. Take my yoke upon you because my yoke's easy, my burden's light. And you'll find rest for your soul. And when you rest your soul, guess what? Man, your spirit will grow. Think about how much energy we use being stressed out and worried. Instead of just lifting our hands in the middle of the battle, the enemy's coming at you with a spear and you just got your eyes closed. Father, I thank you that you always cause me to triumph. And what you, what you, what you don't realize, what you don't see, because that, that arrow's getting closer, that spear's getting closer, and you're just like, I'm not worried about this. I, um, I'm healed. This is not taking me out. And then all of a sudden, God just goes, and everything changes. But see, you, you, you're strong. You know God will never fail you. You know he's going before you. So although you can't see him, all you might see is this thing yelling in the natural. You see in the spirit that you are in the refuge of God and he can't touch you. I mean, I love the stories about Jesus. They get so ticked at him, they want to throw him off a cliff. And it says he just passed through the crowd. Isn't that amazing? Because it wasn't his time yet. So you can tell if you're a hearer of the word 
or if you're a doer of the word. Here is how you tell. How do you react when a storm comes? You'll be able to tell whether you're a hearer or whether you're a doer. Right? So if you have a storm and you're freaking out, well, pastor, I just need to be real. Yeah, you're just being really a baby, really weak, and really carnal. But that's really not who you really are, if you want to use the word really a lot. Right? You'll know if you're just a hearer of the word or if you're a hearer and a doer by how you react when a storm comes. Right? So let's talk about it. You guys ready? That was the introduction. <laughs> Spiritual exercise number one. We're going to go through, I mean, I could teach a 20-week series on all of these. We're just going to touch on them. Spiritual exercise number one. Actually, I probably taught a 20-week series on all of them, so you just go to the app and start, dig into it, right? Spiritual exercise number one is you must walk in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. But this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay? Now, in the King James Version, do you notice how this, the, the word Spirit is capitalized, which makes you think it's saying walk in the Holy Spirit. But if you look at the context of Galatians 5, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about you walking out of your own spirit. Okay, so you'll see this, right? I mean, as you, as you keep going, it talks about how that because the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit, the flesh doesn't war against the Holy Spirit. It doesn't lust. It's talking about your spirit. We know this. The Holy Spirit does not war against your flesh. Right? So this is talking about your spirit. Walk, walk and live out of your human spirit, the, who you really are, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let's jump down to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, so if you're going to walk out of, out of your spirit, let's look at your spirit. It, it starts to explain it, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of your human spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? The Bible is very clear that you are a spirit. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body, right? So your, your spirit, man, is who you're to live out of. Remember, because the Holy Spirit leads your spirit. And your spirit is supposed to renew your mind with the word of God that the Holy Spirit brings revelation to, to strengthen you so that you and the renewed mind will go, no, we're not saying that, we're not doing that, I'm not, I'm not walking in fear, I'm not afraid, I'm courageous, right? So let's keep looking at this. So the fruit of the Spirit... Now, when you think about the fruit of your spirit, notice it doesn't say the fruits of your spirit, right? I can't wait to teach a series on this. I taught it years ago, a little bit. But think of an orange. 
it's one orange, but it has different pieces. So it says, that, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of your human spirit, is love. Another characteristic, that's the love of God. The agape, unconditional love of God. It's also joy. What does the Bible say? The jo- so joy is a fruit of your spirit. So as you're sitting here tonight, do you know you could be depressed in your mind with the joy of the Lord in your spirit? And the Bible says a man will have joy by the answer of his mouth. You could stir up joy. It's in there. Another thing is peace. Isn't that amazing? The fruit of who your spirit is. The peace of God is in you. It's who you are. What? I feel like my life is in so much chaos. Yeah, just start eating and exercising. It's okay. Just go to the gym. Right? Just go to the gym. Eat right, exercise, and rest. You'll be okay. All of a sudden, the peace of God will start coming up. It'll start mounting guard over your heart and your mind. What's another fruit of the Spirit? Long-suffering. Now, we'll kind of define this because the first three were pretty simple, right? Long-suffering. This, this, now, this is not what you get. This is what you are. Amen. You are long-suffering. I should have you say that about ten times. Your flesh will kind of have some trouble with that. As a matter of fact, say that with me. I am am long-suffering. Now, does your mind give you a little problems? Because what will people say? Oh, no. No, I'm so impatient. No, you're not. That's your flesh. But if you live out of your spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. Long-suffering, that means, this word means patience. This Greek word means constancy. Here's a big one. Man, this word literally means self-restraint before proceeding into action. Have you ever lost it? Don't, Don't raise your hands. Right? Have you ever... Do you know that Satan knows all your buttons? You think you know all your wife's buttons and your wife thinks she knows all your husband's buttons? It's nothing. Satan knows buttons that you have that you got passed down from your great-grandfather. But you have self-restraint before moving into action, which means who you really are will always look down on the inside before you react to something on the outside that's already in you gentleness this greek word means kindness it means moral excellence and goodness that's who you are do you know somebody who's addicted to pornography somebody who's a thief somebody who's hurting people that's actually born again, they need to know that's what their actions are doing is not really who they are. Because this is who they are, unless God's lying, but I know he, he can't. Here's a good one. Here's another definition of this word gentleness. It means usefulness. 
Do you know that you're useful? Well, God could never use me. That's not true. You're useful. Yeah, but, but Tony, you just don't know what I've done. Right? You don't know mistakes I've made. No, God knows everything, and he says you're useful. He made you useful. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Then it says here, another fruit is goodness. This is uprightness in heart that causes uprightness in life. Do you know your heart is upright? And it'll, it'll change your life. Now, see, if, as we go with this, another one is faith. Verse 23, meekness, which is humility. Do you know who you really are as humble? When you walk in pride, do you know it's not natural? Now, it feels very natural, but that's because your flesh. It's very natural to your flesh. Temperance. Oh, man. Do you know what this Greek word means? Self-control. Say that with me. I am self-control. You know, you just sit there and go, cookies. Now, I have total self-control with Brussels sprouts. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm burying myself, right? So, so self-control, it's who you are. Against such, there is no law. In other words, there is no law against you. Isn't that amazing? Verse 25 says this. We'll skip to verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, in other words, if we live in our human spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, in our human spirit. If we live there, we'll walk there. See, why do I say this? Because this is who you are. If your actions are anything different, if you're walking by sight, you're not walking by who you are. Because who you've been made is faith. You're made to walk by faith. Well, I just don't know enough. That's baloney. You're made to. So, So now here's the thing. This is who you are. But it's gonna take exercise and nutrition, or I should say it in order, it's gonna take nourishment and exercise to develop all of these things. When we talk about developing, I've got to develop in temperance. I've got to develop in goodness. I've got to develop in faith. How do I do that? By feeding on the word and by doing the word. I mean, when you start realizing this thing, when you realize you've been born of God, so you constantly overcome the world, when you realize that, when something comes in your life, you'll not only not fear, you'll get pretty excited. Because you're like, wow, what this thing is coming against my life is not greater than who I am in Christ. And and some pressure in in an area of my life 
It produces development. I get stronger. The more you press me, the stronger I get. And the more it propels me through the plan of God for my life. And it propels you in rest. And it propels you in just this peace and quiet assurance. Because you're not trying to become something. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed, so sickness has to bow. You're not the poor trying to get, get ahead financially. No, you already know you're prosperous, so poverty and lack has to, has to leave your life. All of these things. You're not the depressed, right? You are soundness of mind. And depression, anxiety, fear, anxiety attacks, terror, all this stuff, it has to leave because it's not who you are. The Holy Spirit will help you. He's down on the inside of you. He, he's in your spirit. So he knows exactly how to develop you in each of these areas. You develop each of these because you exercise yourself. God, he, he, his plan for your life is that you be fully developed. See, why do people not develop? Now, we play all kinds of games with ourselves, but the reason why we don't is we're not willing. Sometimes we'll sit under the word, and if we're not willing long enough, then we'll say, well, God told me to go over here. I got to go in another environment because I just don't, don't want to change this area of my life. And then they go over here, and it's like, oh my gosh, that pastor is Jesus, and that's it's the greatest church in the world. And I was at this other church for 10 years, and then all of a sudden, in eight months, this guy's dealing with the same thing. So I got to go over here now because I'm not changing that. And then all of a sudden, it's like three months, and this guy or this pastor, this woman pastor, is dealing with this area. And I don't, I don't want this. So, you know, God told me to go over here. And then eventually, well, you know, God told me that I just need to stay home. Or you might do the home church thing before you just stay home. And then what you do is you just move to another state and don't tell anybody you're a Christian. But then, one day, here you are, because God never gives up on you, and you're driving down the street, and you read a bumper sticker. Or, or some friend sends you some little meme that you read this thing and go, yeah, I need, I'm changing this area of my life. I'm just fed up with this. And all of a sudden, you, you jump back on board and you get willing and everything starts changing. Why am I saying that? Because God never gives up on any of his kids. He doesn't get mad at you if you're not in the right place. He's just going to keep wooing you with his goodness, right? With his mercy to try to get you to go and start nourishing and start exercising. That's why for me, it's simple. I will never, ever, ever stop preaching the word of God. Why? Because I know, I know what it does in my life. Man, I'd love to tell you that my flesh doesn't have trouble with this. But my flesh does. And it always will right up until I hear a trumpet say, come up here. And then when, when I get this glorified body, the first thing I'm going to do is go, wow, does this feel good. Walk by faith, yeah. Walk in love, yeah. 90 people could cut me off, 
between 132nd and 120th, and I'm not getting upset. Right? Here's what I'm here to, I've said all that to say this. You know, we're going, we're taking our time here. But you can develop if you want to. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best that the land can provide. That's Isaiah 119. Yeah, but pastor, I've blown it for 20 years. It means nothing. God will redeem the time. Your ride might be a little faster, right? All of a sudden, wow, you know, I'm doing things three years into this deal that I, that, you know, because this is what happens to you. You don't, when you start, if, you, if you've said no, 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 or if there's something holding you back, here's what happens when you just, just give it all up and you're all in. What happens is you don't go like this. A lot of times you go, because this is kind of really where you are. You do that in physical development. I remember I could not bench over 300 pounds. If I put 300 pounds, I mean, it's talking, we're talking years. I'm in Iowa, and I'm lifting, and every time they'd put 300 on there, okay, this is the day I've been building up for this. I could never do it. And then one day, I benched 300. And in about a month, I was benching 330. In about another month, I was benching 360, and I got up to 385 at one point in my life. My goal was 400, so I never hit the goal. We won't talk about that. I'm a little bitter. First thing I'm doing in heaven with the glorified bodies, I'm going to go dunk a basketball and go bench 400 pounds. I'm just hoping the glorified body is stronger. Jesus might go, okay, here we are. Start over. <laughs> no, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? It's just I, I, I went like this, just whew. I just, I couldn't, it was amazing. That's what happens to you spiritually. And this is why. Because you're working on this one area, you've given it to the Lord, and now you're just feeding and you're working on one area, and then all of a sudden, you have a situation come in another area, and you're already strong in it. It's really amazing. But it's almost like one of my spiritual shoulder muscles got a lot stronger, which just allowed me to military press more. That's kind of the way it works spiritually. I work on this area. What I don't realize is I'm really, you know, the enemy's attacking me physically, so I'm really focused on how to walk in healing and how to walk in divine health and all this stuff. But what I don't realize is it's kind of overlapping because I'm really learning how to walk by faith. And then all of a sudden, I really learn how to walk by faith. I learn some principles and so then all of a sudden, wow, so if I just apply this to finances, you just go, boom. Or, or relationships or whatever. And what's happening is you grow spiritually, you get your eyes off yourself because your boundaries are getting wider. All of a sudden, all things are starting to become possible for you. This is how it works. I know I'm using a lot of examples. But it says this in Matthew 26, 41. It says, Jesus, now think about this. Hang with me for just a couple more minutes. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's about to go to the cross. The soldiers haven't come yet, and he says to his disciples, watch and pray 
that you enter not into temptation. And then he says this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now what Jesus didn't say, see this is what a lot of people, this is what they're thinking when they read, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But what they're really hearing is the spirit is strong, but your flesh is weak. For some reason, Christians think that their spirit is just strong. Well, your spirit needs to develop. Your spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Being willing, many people are willing to walk. I mean, how many of you are willing to walk in financial prosperity? Oh, yeah. But how many are able? See, people don't understand this. But you know, to get from willing to able, do you know you can't do that on your own? And the Holy Spirit will teach you exactly how to get there in a very short period of time. Now, it might not be, it's, it's not short to your flesh because your flesh wants it like right now. I mean, we have a coffee machine. You know, I throw the Nespresso thing in and I hit a button. And if I'm in a hurry, I'm like, You know, I think I see the thing turn, I'm like, come on, I gotta go. You know, but in reality, it, it only takes like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and you have a hot cup of coffee, right? You get in a line at a fast food restaurant, and you know, you're there for 10 minutes, and you're like, what is going on? Right, your flesh is like that, but just hang in there. The, the Holy Spirit will get you from willing to able very quick. Being willing is good, but you must be strong to be able. Boy, you need to hear that. This is so very, very important. Hallelujah. Well, we didn't even get through the first exercise. Wow. I'm going to have to blame that on Pastor Dave. All right. If he just didn't take so long for that, you know, offering and everything. That's okay, brother. I forgive you because the fruit of my spirit is love. So it's all good. Yeah. Isn't this good, guys? You're going to get some nuggets that are going to really help you. Now remember, just give yourself a break. Jesus is the initiator of your faith. He's the developer. You just, just start eating right. Get up tomorrow morning. Have breakfast. Start reading the word. Right? Start just... Asking the Holy Spirit to help you. Start all of a sudden, have him help you. Say, man, I need you to help me exercise. And he'll help you. You'll know exactly what to do. Start the process. For most of you, just keep the process going. Right? Because I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to a lot of people that got the process going. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Right? If you're at home, either keep it going, and you're going to learn you're going to literally learn how to get very calculated so that you can grow faster if you're already in this anyway. Right? We have a church of a lot of people that are hungry for the Lord. And you'll get there. Amen?